Our scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 6 through 20. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash, except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example, that you should also do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but it is to fulfill the scripture. The one who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I tell you this now before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe that I am he. Very truly, I tell you, whoever receives one whom I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. I have to admit that I'm always very appreciative of the time uh, that I get to, to uh, stand up and, and, uh, and preach. Um, there's always a little bit of nervousness around that, and I found, I keep looking at the order of the service this morning to say, okay, what was next, what was next, since um, uh, things have, uh, have uh, changed, but once again, change is a good thing. So, why do we serve? That's a very interesting question. Growing up, throughout my schooling, we followed what the teacher wanted us to do for each lesson. Now, little children ask why all the time when they are asked to do anything. But at school, it's a different thing. You do what the teacher asks, you get your grade for your permanent record, and you move on to the next class. Now, any teacher today will tell you that is a horrible way to teach. Human beings are inquisitive, so we naturally want to know why we are being asked to learn something. And additionally, young people today want to know why because they want to know how it is going to be important to them. Years ago, in my school system, all teachers were told that before they start a lesson, they need to put the word why on the board and list what the students would learn for that day. We now call them learning targets. 
because that word combination seems to be a little more professional than just saying why. Pastor Heidi chose this series of sermons to look at why we do something. When she asked me if I would speak this week, she let me choose one of the three words that she had left. And as a lay servant, I of course chose, why do we serve? So since this is about the word why, my learning targets are about understanding how we serve, service in scripture, and finally, why we serve. Much of what Pastor Heidi said last week in her sermon holds here as well. One could simply change the word give for serve. Generally, one term, give, usually refers to giving of one's treasure. The other, serve, is giving of one's time. Both words are about giving something that we have. We live in a world where treasure often seems more important than time. But we only have so much time, and we don't know how much either. I went to several dictionaries to find the meaning of the word serve, and I was astounded by how many ways we use that word. We serve a tennis ball and a shuttlecock. <laughs> um, we have terms of service and service contracts. We serve a purpose. Prisoners serve time. Congress serves subpoenas. A judge can serve a summons to appear in court. People serve in the armed forces. My den can also serve as a studio. An object can serve a purpose. Something can serve me well, and something can serve as a reminder. Now, there are a lot of terrible definitions that I read through. I was always told that you should never define a word using that word in its definition. Yet most dictionaries' first definition said, serve to be a servant. Well, that's not helpful at all. Finally, scrolling down the Merriam-Webster dictionary, I found the definitions that I was looking for. To furnish or supply with something needed or desired, and to answer the need of. I like that last definition the best, to answer the need of. To answer someone's need takes empathy and compassion and often time and effort. At times, it requires you to be selfless. The Bible provides many examples of servants. The prophets were servants. In serving God, they served their people. Some, like Job, weren't comfortable serving and went in a different direction until God sent him back on the path that actually saved lives. Moses was also a reluctant servant. We have the likes of Noah, David, Solomon, John the Baptist, Joseph and Mary, Mary Magdalene, and the disciples. They all served God and his people. Some of them served without hesitation because their faith was so strong. Others showed us that even with their flaws, they can answer the needs of others. So we come, today's, we come to today's scripture reading, 
and I had many reasons to choose the reading from John's Gospel. First, let me start out with, when I was young, I thought that feet were disgusting. I did. I don't know why. But growing up in the Catholic Church, every year during Holy Week, the priest would wash the feet of 12 people during a Mass. And I just couldn't get over the fact that they would do that. (laughs) Even with the knowledge of John's Gospel. Incidentally, I lost my disgust for the foot when I read a quote from Michelangelo. He was being questioned by the church leaders about his use of the nude form because they hated it. And he said, What spirit is so empty and blind that it cannot recognize the fact that the foot is more noble than the shoe and the skin more beautiful than the garment with which it is clothed? Another reason I wanted this reading is that we have just had a series of sermons about discipleship and the, disciple, and the discipleship of Peter. Here we have Peter who is shocked that Jesus is about, is about to wash his feet. John wrote that Peter said, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And then, you will never wash my feet. Then Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. So Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And of course, because once again, Peter went overboard, and Jesus says to him, one who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. Now, I was certain that all of the people who had the priest wash their feet uh, during Mass had washed their own feet really well before Mass. <laughs> so they were probably clean to start with. I tell my art history students that we often look at history through modern eyes, which is our current understanding of the world. But you need to look at history through the eyes of those who were there. Does Jesus' service to his disciples look any different if we think of the actual cleanliness of their feet? Peter was not comfortable with Jesus touching his dirty feet. Would you have been uncomfortable like Peter in having someone you looked up to as much as he wash your feet? The last reason I wanted this reading is that Jesus tells us why we are to serve. So the reading shows how Jesus shows his disciples that he, who is their Lord and teacher, can be their servant. He removes his robe and washes all of their feet. We know that at least one disciple was uncomfortable with the act. I think that is important that Jesus is not uncomfortable with that task. He humbles himself and serves his friends. He washes all of their feet, including the man who will betray him. Jesus shows us that to serve is to serve everyone. So Jesus goes on to instruct us through what he tells his disciples. From John's Gospel, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, 
And you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. We are being told to serve others, and we are no better than those we serve. To serve others is to love them as we love ourselves. But just because Jesus tells us to do something, like serve others, that doesn't mean that we're going to do it. Serving others takes our time away from our us things. And we often start out serving others with some reservation. And then as we do God's work, we end up doing it with a cheerful heart. I am here today as a lay servant. Over the last 15 years or so, I've attended classes every three or four years to maintain that label. After all, it was a label that would allow me to stand in front of you if asked to preach. I found it one way that I could serve my church and you, my church family. I can tell you that I enjoy the opportunities to preach, but usually every every time on Saturday afternoon when I'm finishing writing and editing, what I'm, going to, what I'm going to say, I think to myself, what did I get myself into? But then I think about the time I spent writing, my time to spend with Scripture, and my time to discern what is important in the message. And I'm grateful for the opportunity. I serve a lot of groups in many different ways, and I think that one of the reasons that I do is that every time I do something to serve others, it seems I get back so much more. And I keep thinking, if I give more, then at least at some point I'll be even. And then I get back so much more. There's an episode of Friends where Joey challenges Phoebe to perform a completely selfless act. And when she does, Joey asks how she feels. And she says she felt really good. And then she realized that she got something out of her selfless act. I was finishing this sermon yesterday and realized that I'd missed a great opportunity. I wish that I had called several of you and asked you, why do you serve? I know that I would have gotten some incredible responses. The first response would probably have been, because someone asked. But after that, we get caught in the cycle of how wonderful it is to give back. Time is a precious thing, and using our time leaves an impression on others. I have witnessed the power of serving others several times in the closing ceremony of YSP trips. I have heard those who were helped. I heard how they could not believe that someone would take the time to help them, and they were so grateful that someone did. I have seen countless times where members of this church have served others and have been transformed by the experience. Why do we serve? We do because it fundamentally changes our lives, and it does so in ways we never expect. 
We do because when there, is a, when there is a time someone is meant to serve us, we will accept it with the love that it was intended. We are always at our best when we are selfless. When we open ourselves to the opportunities of giving to others, we allow God's love to shine through us. And some of that love sticks around with us. We are at our worst when we are selfish. We close any door to understanding how others around us are struggling. We lose sight of what it means to allow God to work through us. Peter lets us know that in serving each other, we glorify God. From 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning at the 8th verse. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gifts you have received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen.